Hello, and welcome to the inaugural episode of The Fast Fill. Fast Fill is a new podcast series sponsored by Natural Gas Vehicles for America, the national organization dedicated to the development of a growing, profitable, and sustainable marketplace for vehicles powered by natural gas and biomethane, and for promoting the use of more natural gas and transportation. I'm your host, Dan Gage, president of NGV America, and joining me today is longtime NGV America general counsel and director of regulatory affairs, Jeffrey Clark. Welcome, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining. Today, Jeff, we have some news to share with our listeners about renewable natural gas, commonly referred to as RNG. Tell us first what RNG is. Sure, Dan. RNG is simply natural gas collected from local landfills, wastewater treatment plants, commercial food waste facilities, and agricultural digesters. All organic matter produces methane when decomposing. This methane, rather than essentially escaping into the atmosphere, is then collected, scrubbed, and put into the pipeline system for energy use downstream. So I know that RNG can also be referred to as biomethane. Um, some people say biogas or green gas, but when any of that those terms are used, they're all referring to RNG. It's all the same thing, correct? That's correct. I mean, for most purposes, biomethane, biogas, green gas, they're commonly used by the industry. I think the key, the key though, is when we're talking about taking um, these resources and putting them into a pipeline, then we're really talking about RNG. That is, that is the biomethane or the biogas that's been upgraded. The impurities have been stripped away, and it, it essentially is virtually the same product that comes through your pipeline to your house or to your uh, commercial um, business or so forth that natural gas. So it's the same, it's the same thing product. So I know it probably oversimplifies things, but if, if conventional natural gas, national natural gas, excuse me, if conventional natural gas is captured below ground, renewable natural gas is sort of naturally occurring above ground. And so if it weren't captured, would this just be, um, elevated right up into the atmosphere yeah and that's really the the beauty here is that we're, we're capturing something that is a recurring resource um, that's recurring on the farm or at a landfill or at a waste weather treatment facility and so um, it's essentially an inexhaustible resource right mm -hmm. benefit the benefit i think what you were touching on is that instead of allowing this gas to escape into the atmosphere where it potentially Im impacts um, quality or climate change, we're capturing it and we're putting it to use. So it's, it's a very beneficial process. I gotcha. Today's natural gas engines are 90% cleaner than the cleanest diesel, right? And 90% cleaner than the current federal clean air standards. And so they impact, they have a, a significant impact on smog precursor emissions like NOx and particulate matter. What happens when you fuel an NGV with RNG? What are some of the added benefits? Well, I think what people need to understand is it works exactly the same way. So from, from a performance standpoint, you're putting in a transit bus or a pickup truck or, or a refuse truck. It performs just like conventional natural gas. Um, but the benefit of it is in terms of being able to reduce greenhouse gas emissions or CO2 equivalent emissions. Because we've captured that methane, which is very potent in terms of um, its impact on climate change, when we burn it in an engine, 
it's reduced to carbon dioxide, which has much less impact on, it's still an important uh, contributor to global warming, but it has much less impact than methane. So we go from having 25 to 30 um, times the impact on climate change to one time the, the impact on climate change when we, when we combust it and turn it into CO2. Hmm. I, I know that when you use RNG to fuel a transit or a school bus or delivery truck, a tractor trailer, you know, refuse truck, we've, I've been told that the, that the result is a, is a net zero carbon or even a net carbon negative result. Why is there a difference? What's the difference in that carbon? Well, yeah, I think the difference in terms of when we're looking at landfill gas or wastewater, um, biogas or food waste or agricultural waste is really the, the difference in benefit is derived from how much methane you're capturing and reducing. So to the extent that, um, say, for example, agricultural waste has the lowest carbon intensity, and that's because on the farm, we have the greatest amount of release of methane. So mm -hmm. now we're creating this process where we're capturing that methane and we're turning it into energy and we're combusting it as CO2. So that has that has the greatest benefit. If you look at a landfill facility, they're typically capturing a great um, deal of the methane that would otherwise um, dissipate into the atmosphere. And they, if you go by a landfill facility, sometimes you'll see the burner. You'll see a gas burner that's already taking that uh, methane and turning it into CO2. So they're already controlling the emissions to some extent um, the greatest benefits are at these at the agriculture facilities able to control the emission uh, unless we capture them and turn it into um, biomethane. So according to the the California Air Resources Board and their calculations, they have RNG as the lowest EER adjusted carbon intensity of any motor fuel on the road, right? As low as up to this negative 400. So is it safe to say that RNG is the cleanest motor vehicle fuel on the road, fuel on the road today? It, it really is, I think. Um, you, you look at some of the other um, low-carbon fuels or, that are being touted, particularly electricity from solar or wind, and those are fantastic um, uses or ways to produce electricity, but mm -hmm. they're really carbon neutral. They're, they're, they give you a carbon intensity of zero. They don't generate the negative um, carbon intensity that you get with natural gas. Yeah. So let's talk about two reports NGV America released this year in partnership with the Coalition for Renewable Natural Gas. The first detailed uh, on-road natural gas motor fuel volumes for 2019, and the second focused uh, on the market in California. First, what, what were those national numbers last year? Well, in 2019, the numbers that we put out were that um, – Total natural gas used in transportation was 717 million gasoline gallon equivalents. Um, but if you look at the component that was renewable natural gas, it was 277 million gallons um, was renewable natural gas. So 39% of all the natural gas used in the on-road market was renewable natural gas. And that was up from the previous year, up from 34%. And over, over the last five years, what we've seen is RNG use has increased 291%. So we've had tremendous growth in, in this particular um, use of and production of natural gas. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean greenhouse gas wise? I mean, climate change wise, what's the impact? 
Well, what we were able to do, um, looking at the carbon intensity um, scores that California provides, and California has a, a very um, user-friendly dashboard that they put out information on fuels that are consumed in the state. We were able to look at the carbon intensity of fuel being used in the total gallon. We were able to estimate that close to 7.5 million tons of carbon dioxide equivalent were reduced. And that's equal to eliminating more than 18.5 billion road miles traveled by the average passenger car or a distance equal to 745,676 trips around the earth. So it's just, it's kind of mind boggling to get your, to kind of conceive that, but it's a tremendous um, achievement. Mm-hmm. But, and but I know, another, oh, sorry, go ahead. Put another way, this, this RNG use over the last five years is equal to reducing the CO2 emissions from over 842 million gallons of gasoline consumed. And that would be enough to move 63,000 transit buses every year. So it's like taking 63,000 transit buses off the road each year. Yeah, and I know a lot of folks um, will, you know, they look to simplify sort of the impact on the climate, and they always talk about trees. We, I know we did a calculation on, on, on um, you know, what, what, how that would impact in terms of seedlings and the like. What were those numbers? Yeah, those numbers, and those numbers, by the way, come from the U.S. EPA um, carbon intensity calculator that they have. They have a website where you can go there and you can plug in various um, data, and it will tell you what your um, carbon uh, reduction benefits are. So what we estimated that this is the environmental impact of growing 123 million trees uh, or 9.8 million acres of U.S. forest. Wow. So we're talking we're we're talking about a, a sizable impact on the global warming or or climate change just from transitioning to renewable natural gas uh, motor fuel. That's amazing. What about in California? What do we report in California last year? Well, California has really been the, the central um, focus of where RNG is being used today, and they're really driving the market there. And while the national on-road uh, use was thirty nine percent in California. What we've seen is 77% of all natural gas motor fuel um, used is RNG. And that was in 2019 also. Mm. We were able to drill down and get those figures, um, as I said, from the California Low Carbon Fuel uh, Standard Program from their dashboard reporting um, system. Yeah, so we're not able to get that in other in most of the other states because they just yeah. don't have that detail. Unfortunately, yeah, there's a lot of interest in RNG. We know there's a lot of projects um, really taking place all over the country, particularly in the upper Midwest where we have a lot of dairy, dairy farms and uh, and really everywhere where there's wastewater treatment facilities and landfills. There's just this tremendous growth, but the reporting systems don't show where it's being used outside of, uh, of California. Um, but California increased, though, in the use in the last five years it was 210%. Wow. Well, well, and, and, you know, you and I, Jeff, do an awful lot of traveling or prior to the COVID pandemic, we did quite a bit of traveling and we'd, we'd, we'd hear a lot of, you know, being parts of lots of debates and lots of discussions. And we'd often hear, uh, at least from our detractors on the other side, that they're just, that's all well and good, but there just isn't enough RNG to meet the growing demand. Uh, it's not a long-term solution. Um, so, you know, how do how do we typically respond to that? I mean, you you know, I've, I've talked about it regularly and found a couple of reports that say that's not really the case, is it? 
No, um, the fortunately in uh, December of 2019, the American Gas Foundation, um, they had the ICF, the consulting group ICF did a report for them. And what they found is that by 2040, um, we could have enough RNG uh, in production to meet 75% of the current diesel uh, motor fuel market here in the U.S. So a sizable increase from where we are today and offsetting a, you know, almost three quarters of the diesel fuel used, that would be a tremendous achievement. In this, part, in this past March, the uh, International Energy Agency, they looked worldwide and they found that biogas and biomethane production um, currently is, is only a fraction of estimated overall global potential. And they found that um, some 20% of today's worldwide gas demand could be met by RNG in the future. Well, when we were when we were putting this document together with the with the RNG coalition, I mean, they keep their own tallies. I think that they they report um, or they reported when we were completing these in April that in North America there were 110 facilities producing natural gas in U.S. and Canada, with another 40 under construction and another 58 in significant development. But that's not just technology that's being developed here and in, in, in Canada. It's it's it, Europe is experiencing enormous growth, no? Yeah, no, that's true. I think Europe is really um, ahead of us a little bit in terms of um, really getting behind renewable natural gas uh, in all sectors, but also in the transportation sector. Europe is experiencing enormous growth. Um, they've, they've seen a 51% increase in biomethane plants in, in the continent over the past two years, they went from 483 um, production facilities in 2018 to 729 uh, in 2020. And that, that's, of course, according to the European Biogas Association and Gas Infrastructure Europe. Hmm. And so how, is, that, is it widespread in, in Europe or is it just one or two countries that are, that are transitioning to, to biogas production? It, it really is widespread. We've got 18 European countries producing biomethane. Um, the leader is currently Germany. Um, they have the highest share of plants, 232, um, followed by France um, with 131 facilities and the UK with 80 facilities. Um, and really, you know, you look at this issue, it's, it's a fantastic issue in terms of using resources. As long as humans, animals and organic matter inhabit the earth, there, there's going to be this continuous um, source of RNG that we have. To, to capture. I mean, really, we have to deal with these. We have to deal with waste, right? We have to deal with it in a way that makes sense for communities. Um, and I think what more and more communities are seeing is that it makes sense to use it in a way that generates energy and offsets emissions. So it's kind of a win-win uh, proposition. Yeah, I think I think a lot of Americans would be shocked to, to know that only 43% of all the heavy-duty trucks on our roads meet the EPA's latest NOx standard and that, you know, heavy and medium duty vehicles are not only the leading source of urban emissions worldwide, but really the number one source of smog here in the U.S. So, you know, newer diesel trucks, even when certified to the strictest federal standards, they continue to emit more pollutants than the newest natural gas trucks. So why do you think why are these RNG fuel vehicles so important, especially especially for frontline communities or those neighborhoods that, that bear the brunt of urban pollution? Well, the RNG fuel vehicles um, provide a, an immediate and cost-effective full full-range heavy-duty option 
um, when seeking to come, when communities seek to combat climate change and clean our air. So we have these trucks that are available today. Uh, in many cases, they've been in fleets for a number of years and they're running on conventional fuel. And it's really relatively simple to switch them over to operating on, on RNG in order to get that climate benefit. Um, and the thing that we know about natural gas trucks and buses is that they're proven. They've been it's not a new technology. They've been on the road for several decades now, and they're affordable. And the technology is easy, easily scalable um, so we can get more of these zero emission equivalent um, vehicles on the road today. If you look at the fleets that are really the leaders and just ask them, you know, it works. And we got leaders like UPS, Waste Management, and Frito-Lay are increasingly um, relying upon natural gas trucks. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. Appreciate your time today. And thanks to you, our listeners, for, for tuning in. For more information on the two RNG reports discussed today, visit NGV America's website at ngvamerica.org. There you can also sign up for NGV America's weekly newsletter. And uh, Jeff and I welcome you to share comments with us on today's podcast via email at info at ngvamerica.org. And be sure to follow us on all your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And on behalf of Jeff Clark and the entire NGV America team, I'm Dan Gage. Thanks again for joining us. You just experienced the fastest film. Until next time.